Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Bullshit before we get started. Yeah. About- uh, <sighs> we have a guest who almost got attacked by a raccoon. Close call. What's up, y'all? This is Danny J. And this is Jill. And welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast, the best podcast, basically. And uh, we are excited because we've had the first guest that we've had in a long time, repeat oh guest. I had to think about that if you've been on and you were on in early days. Really? I don't even remember that. Hanging out. Yeah. So we're here with the movement maestro, AKA Dr. Shante Cofield. What's up? What's up? I totally forgot, you know, cause you have fit biz you and I thought it was that. I know you've been on fit biz you once or twice. That's what I thought it but was. But the, the best yeah. life you were on at my old spot, the cave. Yep. And Danny so and I about have that place. three rules. Anytime best. we have a guest on three Number rules. One is, are they local? So we get hit up a lot. We probably, I'm sure you do too. We get a lot of pitches for people to be on the show, um, but they'll, they'll be in like Puerto Rico and we're like, we don't go <laughs> no. there or do that. Be um, local. Number one, number one, be local. That's probably, that's probably our third rule actually. Yeah. Uh, first rule is first are they fr- our friends be our friend. Easy. They have to be our friend first of all. And then are they cool? Second room be cool. Third rule be local. Yeah. So I can't like message you and be like, I swear I'm cool. It no, we've fly. actually had people do that. Actually, <laughs> somebody was fly. like, "Hey, I'm cool." I'm like, if you have to uh, tell you us you're it? cool, you're not cool. Nope, you can't say so, it. pitch no. like that. I appreciate the effort, though. But they lived like in Australia or something. Yeah, so I'm two, like, two I don't. Yeah, I'm like, you're not cool. You're you're not local. You're not our friend. <laughs> trying to Three be strikes. cool, trying to be cool <laughs> is not. So you're out. You're out. Strike. Yeah, you're actually on the her. you're on the blacklist now because you said you were cool. <laughs> Right. You're not even a for effort, but now you're on the bed. You know, we're, we're, I mean, it's not like we live in the middle of nowhere, though. Like Danny lives in Vegas. I live in L.A. People come here. We go places. We travel. So it's yes. not like it's impossible to be in person. Totally. So we always say, like, hey, if you're going to be out in L.A., let us know. Yep. Happy to consider it. If you're cool and our friend by then, you might have to work yep. to be our friend by then. And I we had somebody say, like, well, what about Zoom because of the, the pandemic? And I was like, just because you said that made me mad. And no, like I've heard of Zoom, obviously. I've heard of it. So no, the pandemic Meanwhile, rules haven't changed. Like all best practices for growing your podcast are like, have more oh. guests on, have guests with larger <laughs> followings. We're like, no, let's not have any guests okay. or, or any guests with any followings. No, I mean, you oh, have a following, but we've had like my brother's on. Yeah. No offense, Danny Coleman, but we've had him on three times. No following. No, we That's some of our best conversations though. Yes. But for the most part, a lot of our, our best episodes haven't had guests. And I was like, this is just, it's, totally. it's the best life. It's not the guest life. This I is love, not the guest life go. podcast. Yeah. So, but that. when we do have guests, they're amazing guests because they're our friend, whether they have a big following or not, it's good conversation. Cause they're a friend and they're cool. Totally. Yep. And we are physically in person. So, yep. Shantae is here at uh, not my cave, my new spot. And Danny will be here next week. So maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a third next week. Who knows? Yeah, let's but do it. But Shantae was just telling us, do you want to recount the story of like you almost had a run-in with a raccoon, yeah. which is terrifying? It's terrifying. So I live in beautiful South, in the beautiful South Bay now, but I lived in New York City for nine years. So I'm no stranger to raccoons. A raccoon 
will mug you. (laughs) They don't give a fuck. Like, I remember I was actually dog sitting once. I was actually, I was living with with my friends. And so they had left. I was watching their dog and the dog starts barking like crazy in the middle of the night. And I'm in the back of the apartment and the dog's in the front in the kitchen barking. And so I text them and I'm like, Beaker is barking so much. I am too scared to go check what's happening. Something (laughs) bad is happening. And I was like, I'm trying to call her back. And they were like, go get some treats. And I was like, okay, where are the treats? And they're like, in the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm not going to the kitchen. (laughs) She's in the kitchen barking at something. (laughs) That is not a plan. So eventually I get the courage because the dog was going crazy. So eventually I get the courage to go to the front to where the kitchen was. And there was the fattest raccoon. It wasn't inside. It was outside. There was oh a fire raccoon outside of the window because there was a fire escape there. Again, it's New York City. Yeah. It was so fat. They had like this potting soil outside on their fire escape. It was sitting just like fat and <laughs> pressed into the window and just looking at the dog. Straight up looking at the dog. The dog is going crazy. And I was like, see, raccoons don't give a fuck. They were just like, them. yeah, literally. When you said to go contact. get the when you said to go get the treats, I thought it was for like the robbers. You're like, hey. <laughs> Here, would you like some cookies while you're mugging me? Kill them with kindness, right? Kill them with kindness. Well, I mean, it's not completely off topic because Shantae was robbed. I was mugged. I was. Have you heard the story in New York City? No, yeah, I was. New York yeah, City. You told this story? Uh, on not, podcast? Maybe on like one of mine a long time ago because it was like a PT tie-in for it. But I, uh, I, I still to this day, despite being mugged, feel have felt the safest in New York because there's always people around. Mm-hmm. Like the other day when I almost got mugged by the raccoon, there was no one around <laughs> and there was no streetlights. It was dark. I was a target. Nobody 100%. would have seen. I was a, a raccoon target. Uh, but the other one that happened in New York City, dude, it was, it was the middle of the day. day. It was noon, middle of the day. There was a school outside. This guy came over. Oh, an older, older man. He like acted like he had a gun and he was like, just give me, he was like, give me your, give me your like, b- like backpack. I would not backpack your phone. He actually took it. And as soon as it was such a New York moment, because as soon as it happened, I was just like, I want to be late for work. <laughs> like I never felt I don't unsafe. have time for this. I literally, I never felt unsafe, but I was just like, this is going to be my whole fucking day. Like there's, but you didn't know if he had a gun or not. I didn't know. Like Cause he was like in his, like yeah, his... it was in his jacket, but I didn't, you know how you can be around people and you're like, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. It was never like yeah. that. I was yeah. just like, this man's making a bad decision today. Like, uh. so then he's like, put money on the card. And I was like, the, the what card? The... It's a Metro card. Oh, okay. And I was like, sir, this is not how Metro card works. Like, here I am negotiating with a mugger, but I was like, but also I can't put money on this. I can't put a thousand dollars onto a Metro card. I was like, I could buy you an unlimited. Do you want me to buy unlimited? (laughs) He was like, put money on the card. And I was like, but I can't like, I actually, and so this whole time I'm just waiting. I'm like, how has no trains come? Like I'm just standing here. And so in my mind, I'm like, I just got to get outside. Like it was, it's not an elevated train station, but we weren't like all the way underground. We were before the turnstile. So I was like, I just got to get up, up up, and I can run away and I'll be fine. He was an older guy. I was like, he's not going to catch me. So we're standing. He's like, all right, let's go. We're going to go to, a, to an ATM. And he had taken my card at the time by then, but I had somehow put my wallet back in my pocket. I had my backpack still, which had my computer. He just had my, uh, my phone and my debit card. And so as we're walking up, we're walking out of the station, there's like an old lady. And I was like, this is the last person who could help me. <laughs> she was like 87 years old. And I was like, well, that's, that's no good for me. So I, we walk out and like, we're right, like literally there's a school right there. It's the middle of the day. There's kids in the schoolyard. 
And so I just ran away. And he was like, hey, come back. <laughs> it was a TV show. And shit. Was hey, come back. And I was like, no, I literally yelled. <laughs> you said no. Listen, you don't know what you're going to do in these situations until you're in it. And then you're like, well, that's what I did. So like the whole time that this was happening, I was just like, look at his face, look at his face, look at his face, look at his face. Because like, I knew I was going to have to go to the fucking police and like give a report. So I ran away and I stopped the first person who I saw. Like literally I could see my building, but I didn't want to go to my building. So I ran away the other direction and I uh, found this woman. And so I was like, can I use your phone? The woman didn't speak English. Okay. And I was like, what? And also like how many times, like when I lived in Venice, people were definitely like, can I use your phone? I'm like, no. That- <laughs> yes. oh. So I'm like trying to tell her that I just got mugged, but in Spanish. And so I'm like, how do I say gun in Spanish? And I'm like, I have like broken Spanish. And I'm like, and there's a man back there. He has like, I'm like, pistola. I don't know how to fucking say pistola. it. Pistola. I'm like, it's a pistol. I'm like, I think that's probably right. And she was like, oh my God. So she gives me her phone. I don't know what kind of phone this is. Don't know how to use it. It was like not an iPhone. And I was like, what? It was like a flip phone. I was like, I don't know. How do I dial up? <laughs> no joke. How do I, how do I dial on this thing? So I call, I then like canceled my credit card because he had the thing. I go back to the, the apartment. My roommate is there. So I had two roommates and one of the guy was like, Cause I had my, my phone, he had my phone and I had find my phone and I could go online and I could see, mm-hmm. I was like, there's my phone. I see where mm-hmm. he is. It's like around the block. I was like, I see him. And Sean was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, you're kind of skinny. Maybe you shouldn't go. Like, let's just stay here. We don't know. We'll call the police. Like nine police officers come. Then they were like, we can't help you. Cause it happened in the train station. That's out of our jurisdiction. And I was oh like, are you kidding me? Whole long thing. Fast forward to like what actually happened. I went and wound up like getting help from a detective. And he was like, if you see this guy again, call us. And I couldn't remember his face. Like, even though I was looking at it so much, they take you in, they show you a million different people. And by the end of it, you're like, I don't even really know what he looked like anymore. But I, like two days later, I felt like I kept seeing him. And then two days later, I walk out of my building and he's walking by. And I was like, that's him. I know how he walks. I literally do this for a living. Like, yes, that's him. So I call the, call the, the detective by the time they get there. Cause he had like a big, he had a big umbrella and he had like a like his jacket that had like splatter on it. And by the time they got there, it had stopped raining and the guy was gone. And they were like, well, let's just drive around. So we're driving and they're like, is that him? And I was like, no, nah, I don't see him. And then the guy, the detective was like, is that him? And I was like, yes, that's actually him. They pull like some shit out of NYPD blue. They pull a U-turn in the middle of the, of Ocean Ave. It's like a big street there. They pull up next to him because he's standing outside of like a bodega. They jump out. They throw him on the ground. And I was like, but I'm not really sure if that's him. I'm like sliding down <laughs> literally in the backseat of the car because the guy's right there. And I was like, I think he could see me. I'm like sliding down so he could see me. And I was like, I think that's him. But I'm like 87% sure. Maybe don't be so rough. Like threw like throw him. And then I was like, but he still had my phone on him. Oh, okay. So like, it was 100% him. I had the, they, the, all this shit happened afterwards. I had to go to court. I had to testify. There was like a restraining order that they, wow. that they all set this up. But like, I didn't even know where he went. So I have some friends that were lawyers and I was like, can you see what this man is? Like, is he like out on the loose? And he was like on Rikers or something. But he ended up getting like seven years because he had priors and shit. And I was mm. like, what just happened? Wow. wow. Wild. Wild. But I will say that I never. You just ruined someone's life. 
I know. Right. I was like, I told you that day, Jenny J. I was like, this man's picked a bad day to do this. He picked a bad day. And then that's wild. And that's really, that's kind of cool that you found him, but also terrifying. So I I got my bike stolen. And I I remember just like looking everyone to see if someone had my bike. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? Like, I just wanted to like pick a fight with somebody who had my bike. I mean, I get, I bet that person was still there. So your bike was gone. Cause I was talking to the detective and he was like, most people that do things like this, they do this because they feel, they feel safe there. It's a mm-hmm. safe area because they live there. They know like he the things obviously right knew there. the train schedule yeah, because exactly. he knew a train wasn't coming. He was like, you know, familiar with it, walking around. So he's at the bodega. So he's like, he'll probably, you'll probably see him. And I was like, well, that's unsettling. <laughs> wow. Great. Yeah. But anyone listening to this, New York is actually, I feel the safest that I've ever felt in a place there because even in the middle of the night, like you're on the train, like there's always people, there's always something mm-hmm. happening here. You might get mugged by. I was going to say, raccoon. you definitely don't feel, feel safe here now. I mean, it gets really dark sometimes. And there's not no to be light. confused with the time that Danny J almost got mugged by a possum. <laughs> oh God. Hiding in my trash can. It was nasty. That <laughs> was the nastiest thing. Close like face to face with a possum. Dude, I never actually saw a raccoon until I moved to LA. That was my first raccoon ever. They live in the sewers. I didn't know that. I don't know where. I thought they lived. turtles lived in the sewers, <laughs> right? <laughs> Them and the fucking raccoons. Ninja Tur- <laughs> yeah, there should have been more raccoons on like Teenage. But she's she like, does. was her face? Because the raccoon body, once you see one, you can't unsee it. Like literally, they have like fucking like scoliosis or something. Like they have that fucking arch on their back. It's not. It's it's unsettling to watch them walk. It's like an angry cat back. It is. It's perpetually angry cat back. You nailed mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I don't cat back. Which leads us right into our topic. Perfect. <laughs> it's a great segue. <laughs> Angry cat back. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about doing the thing today. Yeah. Just doing the thing. We which are means- because I feel like this is, well, this is obviously because Shantae put this, you have this on your Instagram bio, yeah. first of all. So this is the thing that I always think about for you. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things to think about for you, but I feel like this is something that we have a lot of listeners who have big dreams and want to do different things with their business, with their relationships. Maybe they, you have a lot of people who are undergoing or underwent some kind of what we call like a midlife interruption, whether it's like job loss, relationship loss, uh, divorce, infidelity, job change, career change, um, just like wanting more, right? This is a personal development podcast. People who are listening to this are self-aware, want to make sure that they're always trying to be their best selves and to level up and things like that. So you help people with this. And I feel like the way that you live your life is if there's something that you want, you go for it. And I think it's simple, but it's not totally easy. Totally, mm-hmm. totally, 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 totally agree. I think one of the, the other, I don't think how long ago it was, I think the moment when you realize that it's all made up, then you're like, oh, okay, I could, why not me then? Like, I'm pretty sure that I had that revelation, quote unquote, like I'm clearly not the first person to realize that, but I had that personal revelation listening to like Seth Godin's like 90 millionth book that they all say the same thing. I really respect him. I really enjoy what he has to say, but literally all of his books say the exact same thing. It's just like for a different problem. And so I took two things away from that. I'm like, well, once is never. And two, it's all made up. Like it's not mm. based on something, some science. Like I, I always gravitated towards science, towards math because it's like two plus two, like this adds up. 
anything else, you're looking at marketing and branding and all the things out there, it's literally all made up. Even storytelling, and I have such a big beef with this because every story that's out there, every fucking movie talks about the hero's journey. I don't know who came up with that shit. And we try to pretend like it's some innate thing that this hero's journey is like every human has it in there, maybe, or maybe it's just we've heard this for so long. We think that's what it's supposed to be. So what I watch is people try to create their own hero's journey by like making their life harder, tripping themselves up, by right? putting a stick in their own bike wheel and being like, oh, I overcame something because they feel like I have to create this hero's journey because it's what I've been told. It's what I see in every single movie. It's how you persevere. It's how you succeed when you take a step back and you're just like actually it's literally all made up all of it so you get to choose how you want to do things if you want to follow somebody else's footsteps absolutely by all means but also understand that it's all made up so you don't need to be beating yourself up for like not having done it exactly that other way or not doing this by a certain time or not doing that thing at all because it's literally it's all made up so what's the hero's journey for people? I mean, I think if you've seen like any, like, I don't know, Gladiator, I think would be like a good any example movie. of a yeah. movie or, um, you know, Star Wars or whatever. But for people maybe who don't, aren't familiar with the hero's journey, it's a Joseph Campbell thing, but what's sort of the, the storyline? Storyline is you have the main character, which actually we can talk about that too, is like for marketing, that's a big problem actually, is that you should not be the main character, but main character they have some sort of journey that they're on. They have some sort of problem that they have to overcome uh, while doing that. They get some like enlightenment. They realize some, something about themselves. And then at the end, they emerge victorious, oftentimes helped out by a trusty sidekick or something like that. You know, you add a love story on top of that and you have a, a bestseller. Movie. Yeah. Maybe yeah. add some aliens as well. And you're like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. I love this. Yeah. And so you're saying that a lot of times people feel like that's like they are, they're, they're Luke Skywalker in their own journey. They're they feel like, like they have to do that, right? So you can be Luke Skywalker, but you don't have to overcome all this stuff to get what you want at the end of the day, to live your life. Like you can just be, I, people feel like they need to be, you know, I, I think about uh, Lord of the Rings. That's a movie I like, right? People think they have to be Frodo and like go through all this stuff and go like to Mordor to like evolve and, and do something when you could just be like, just chill back the Shire, man. Just live, just go plan some <laughs> shit and like, yeah, have a like, happy life. Like you can just have it without having the struggle. You yeah, can just you don't do the have thing. to do that. Is it? Whatever the thing is for you. Well, don't you think there's a personality type though? Like I, I, what I tend to see, and I'd be interested in your take on this, especially when in the, the context of internet business, right? We have a, Shantae and I have a, a program together called Legacy. We work with a lot of uh, beginners to business, intermediate to business, and everyone feels like they should start and grow an online business. And I just asked you recently, do you think everyone can or everyone should so I think like 10 years ago when yeah, Danny and I started, different. it was very much like anyone can do this. Yeah. Like you just have to like have it in you. You have to just like, you know, push through. You got to be consistent. Like it was very much like anyone could do this. And I've changed my tune on it. And you were just like, absolutely not. And it's not because people aren't quote unquote good enough. It's just that it, it's probably not in line with some people's personalities. Their personalities, their actual goals or what they actually want. One of the biggest thing, one of the best things to come out of COVID was that it forced people to stop 
finally force people to take, we call, we call it the great pause, right? It force people to take a moment and be like, do I want this? Do I want what I've been doing? I sent an email out to my, my email list like a month into things. And I got like 150 responses in a month, right? It was people only been going on for a month and people already knew with such conviction, I don't want this to come back. I don't want this thing. I don't want this thing, right? But when you're in it and you can't stop, you're like, uh, oftentimes we have a lot of borrowed goals and we see someone else's life and we see that or we, our parents told us this or a movie told us this or a book, whatever. But we take these borrowed goals and we're like trying to chase after them. Go, 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 go. When we think we should have a bigger business and we think we should have all this, when if you take a moment and like you figure out what your enough is, that makes a huge, huge difference. And I think that's part of when, you know, we're talking about, can everyone do this? Some people fucking hate it. And, I, and I'm literally like, if you hate this, don't do it. Just quit. Like, that's actually the best thing you could do. Just don't do it. Go do something else because hate doing shit that you hate forever is it ain't a way like that's not the best life no it's definitely not and what i see is there's and maybe you can speak to this but a lot of times i'll talk to women who have kids yeah and it's you know that was their dream and they wanted to have children and that was part of their you know life goal and then they feel resentful yeah. about their kids because they can't spend enough time on their business totally and so the kids don't get the full presence and totally. the, then the business doesn't get the full presence Totally, and it just creates misery all, all the, time. the time. Because when you're working on your business, all you feel like I should be a better mom. When you're with the kids, you're like, I wish I was working my business. And so, can yeah. someone just get right with that? How does someone get right with that, dude? You think you nailed it before? You've talked about a ton of acceptance and radical responsibility. You made the decision, and you're here now. And what can you do about that? Like, we see it, you know, like it's such a. Um, can, you know, point of contention and such a, like, you want to like tread lightly when we're talking about, I don't have any kids. And so you're like, I don't want to offend anyone, but if you take another example, that's not as a, you know, easily offensive of like student loans. And it's like, yeah, I have them. Guess what? I chose that. And so mm -hmm. like, I could spend every minute because I have friends that do this. They spend every day being upset about it and being upset about the interest rates. And I'm like, but also we chose it. And what are you going to do? Like mm. make more money or fake your death. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it goes away if you do. So maybe you have your only option maybe is, someone else or you <laughs> keep hoping the government is going to forgive them. That's like what that's it. Telling so you, us, got three, right? you got three options. Yeah. You just keep hoping or you can fake yeah. your death or you can make more or money. Ultimately the fourth option, which is probably the best option is just acceptance. Accept it. Yeah. Right? Accept it and like, pay it. You know what? I'm just going to, I knew when I signed this, that's I was, it. I'm going to be paying $500 for 30 years. That's it. Like if I can pay it off faster. Awesome. That's it. But in the meantime, I'm paying this is where I'm at. every single month for the, for the like, next 30 years. I think it's, you know, I was talking to everything we talk about money and it, it's very emotional, but at the same time, acting from emotion is one of the worst things we could do. Have the emotions, process the emotions, and then we act from, from reason and being rational about things and being objective about things. And, you know, your word being very clinical about it. And it's like, what can I actually do right now? And that's it. Focus on that. Yeah, we have a lot of that. You know, one of the things I actually wanted to ask you about was you're um, actually taking a course. I don't know if it's over right now. No, oh, it's still going. Oh, is it? And it's, um, I'm really interested in it because yeah. it is put on by James a Olivia, friend of yours. Yeah. yeah. James Olivia, inquisitive underscore human Yep. on Instagram. Um, and they have this course that is all about what? Relating. So it's a four month intensive. It is 
so interesting, Jill, because and it's so appropriate for them and how, how they are. Uh, but it's four months and it's like there's like no real structure to it. Like there is, but there isn't compared to like how we run things <laughs> and compared to a traditional approach and having like a curriculum hard curriculum and we're doing this and this that's not it it's very much like experiential we meet uh so our next time we're meeting is next week and so you either meet like for eight hours like the whole day or it might be like eight hours one day and then four hours the next day but it's one session like like that grouping of sessions like that each month for four months and the whole goal is learning how to relate especially in the face of difference, because it's really easy to relate with people and interact with people when you agree and when you like them and when you respect them and when you have the same goals or you have the same values, but or you just because you do things the same way. But what happens when maybe you love that person, but you have different values or different goals or you speak about things this different way or like you, you just react in different ways anymore. Like exactly, you just you're like, out of your life, done. Pretty much, you're like, done well, forever. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, it's different. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. And so that's the thing is that the program is not designed to be like. You have to be a martyr. Here's yeah. It's not at all like hey, here here's you have to love everyone and bring them into your life. This it's we're gonna teach you skills so that if you decide you want to relate with this person, here's how you can do it. And that's the coolest part to me. So it's not by no means like, here's how you be friends with everyone, even if you hate them and they're being mad, being mean to you and being bad to you. Like for me, I'm like, if someone's being bad to you, you're out. But if you're like, hey, I'm trying to make this work or I want to understand this better, this person better and I just don't get them, we just don't see eye to eye on things. That's where the skill set comes in. What made you sign up for that course? So I really, really respect James Olivia and I wanted to learn more from them but this was like, they, they like long um, engagements, long periods of relating. And I was like, but also that's a long time for me. <laughs> mm-hmm, so I also encouraged them to do some workshops because I was like, you need a way to give people like a taste of you because without you, them having to sit there to, for, for, for like four months. Cause I'm like, you have so much to share. And I love what you're posting and the discussions we've had. Um, I've had them on my podcast. We sometimes just like, we'll do like a phone, not a phone chat, like a zoom chat. And I'm like, you have so much to share. Like, I know you can break into your world, but if you want to get more into like this world, like here's maybe what you might want to do. Um, so I was wanting to learn more about that and like, just learn from them more. And then I was like, well, I guess this is what we're we're going to do we had like a call once and then they were like really explaining what the program was and i was like oh well that could be really helpful and part of the reason i took it as well was i feel very it's sometimes very different than the people we coach mm-hmm. uh, and people that i coach and like i'm not super I'm, i have a lot of feelings but i don't act from a very emotional place and i was like i want to understand this better i want to be able to relate with these people better and try to understand. So I'm just like, just don't do that. And that's not helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's, that relates back to our original discussion, which is, I think you and I, the reason we work well together and Danny too, we're all action takers. We're like, Hey, if you want this thing, you just fucking do, just it. do it. Like you just literally yeah. do it. And it's not like, I, I think sometimes I have a hard time relating to someone who has a lot of considerations and a yeah. lot of self-doubt and a lot of second guessing and a lot of imposter syndrome. And yep. like, whereas I'm just like, but it's yours for the taking. That's like it. it's right there. Just reach your hand out and grab it. <laughs> and I think this speaks to, and I think a lot of people 
want to be that way. And I think that's, we attract yeah, a lot of those people. We attract sure. a lot of people who are like us. We also attract a lot of people who want to be like us. I'm not saying it's the best way to be. I personally think it's the best way yeah, to be, exactly. but, but <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Who do you, <laughs> who do, so then the question becomes, how do you help someone take more action who has all of these things seemingly in their way to doing it. You and I had a client last year who I felt like was very much this way. Like really, really had the intention, wanted to build their business, wanted like very like desiring it. It's funny because I actually did a podcast for Fit Biz You on, are you a wantrepreneur? And she listened to it. She goes, that's me. Yeah, I was like, there you go. (laughs) She goes, goes, oh my God, I'm a wantrepreneur. And I'm like, but you don't have to be because you have it all. You just need to take that last step and just fucking own it. Yeah. So how do you help someone who is in that place and just seemingly can't get, do you tell them to tap out or are you just like, is there another way that you can help them take more action? Uh, I mean, I think one, you're the nicest lady ever. And you'd be staying being like, we could help them. I do. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that though. So, uh, but Jill is the nicest woman you will ever meet in your whole life, in your whole life. Just so patient. Everyone agrees with that. But I okay. know because but I think that's probably the only, the only people who don't agree are people who don't actually know you. And they just like, she has sharp angles on her face. She's mean. <laughs> I'm like, but also she's literally the nicest lady, most patient woman ever. So this is one of the things that I, you know, I was definitely trying to trying to gain some some insight but i also firmly believe that you can't you can't you know you can't force someone to do something you can't expedite that and so what i have what i'm looking for in this in that program is also ways to move people forward before i work with them directly so putting that out there in terms of free content and podcasts and social media because people have to do it on their own Mm. people have to want to be like you know what i'm going to try and take this step i'm going to try and do this thing and i think one of the best things that you do that danny j does is is just showing up and leading by example that is the most attractive inspiring thing and people are like man like i want that and so it's like you know going from that person that's like i want that to like i'm going to do something to get that and so for me it's like hey can i create content? Can I create resources that gives them the ability to take some of these steps on their own? Because it's going to take a long time. There's no, like, it's not going to be a fast process. So it's like, yeah, I can work with you and like kind of hold your hand through it. But that to me, that change for people is going to come on their own, on their own time from taking those little baby steps and showing their nervous system. Like, yeah, this is safe. I didn't die. I can actually do this. This is safe. I didn't die. And for some people, which I'm a big fan of, they just get tired of their own shit. Like, there's nothing wrong with that where you just like do this thing and then you're like, fuck, I don't even do this anymore. And I'm like, cool. Now we can start making steps forward. And yeah, maybe you slide back a little bit. But once that person's like, I want to do this and I want to take the steps to do this, it's a different ballgame. You know what? Let me ask you this because I know this firsthand, I think. And I know Danny gets this a lot. You two, especially especially online, people feel really close to you guys, like very close, like to to the point where they're like, we're best friends. We're the same. We're, you know, like we, you know, like, uh, yeah, I can have these just friendship conversation with you. They know you really well. You might not know them at all. How do you being in that role of, because I know both of you are like, you want to help people and whatever, and you're sort of in like a cheerleader role, you know, especially like you, Shantae, I feel like people are like, look what I did. Just yeah, my post. Like, they're this constant, like, 
like want you know like little totally. kids run up and like mom watch my thing like I feel like you get that a lot where people like want to show you that they're doing it because that's your charge and everyone knows that you yeah. champion that so hard so when they do eventually post something or launch a podcast or do whatever they're like hey mom look yeah, at it this is the truth how do you manage your energy with that because I know both of you guys have a lot of people who want your emotional resources Damn. how do you deal with that yeah. Danny you want to go first Everyone wants to, I love that you had in your, your profile at one point, it was like your best friend, 19 figure business. Well, I asked Danny one time, I'm like, I was like, how many people do you think, think that you're their best friend? Like call you their best friend. She's like, I don't know, a dozen people. I go, how many best friends do you have? She goes, just you. So everyone thinks that it calls Danny their best friend. And I yes. think this happens with you too, because you guys both, you guys both, and this is something I look up to both of you on you make people feel so fucking comfortable that they like, I'll be at a party with Danny and literally like five minutes will pass and she'll be over. Someone will have her in the corner, like <laughs> cornered, literally telling them, telling Danny their life story within oh, yeah. five minutes. This is, I've never, I've never told this to anyone in my life, but it, then they literally. just feel like, <laughs> like I've never, I've never shared this with anyone. And I'm like, we just met. Should you be sharing? Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Let's keep that going. <laughs> like, this is not a one-time thing that this has happened to Danny. So I do really, because I don't think I have that. I think mm. I'm, I'm a little bit more intimidating or whatever. I don't know what it is, but, or maybe if people think I'm a bitch, I don't know. But like, you guys have that. So you have a lot of people pulling on you emotionally. So Danny, how do you manage that? I mean, I know you, you go back and forth the DMs with random ass heels <laughs> for hours. I'm like, why were you, she'll read me their conversation. I'm like, why did you ask those questions? You just oh kept God. it going. What do you mean by that? I'm like, you could have shut down the conversation right there. And yet you asked for elaboration. Why? What do you mean by that? I know. I know. You know, I, I am genuinely interested in people's stories. And I think uh. I also have a piece of me that constantly is trying to figure out how they got that way. So mm. I don't have uh, a degree in psychology, but my, I really wanted to, when I was younger, like I wanted to master's in psychology and like social work. And I think just because I was always going to counseling in high school and I was always trying to figure out, I think I was always told yeah. that I was the, the reason for my whole family's issues. So I was always internalizing, like, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, like we're very self-aware and I'm always trying to figure totally. out why I do things the totally. way I do, 100%. what traumas caused me to react a certain way. So I, I really am intrigued by people's stories. And so I feel like if I can ask enough questions, I can get to the, whatever their problem is. I feel like if I could get to enough questions, I can actually figure out why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, done. Cause your fucking grandmother said this shit to you in first grade. So there you go. Like, I really feel like I, I can that. help. So I, I asked the questions. This, yeah. Like, this wasn't one of Jeff's like ex, like not even ex-girlfriend, like someone Jeff went to like middle school with or something was, was DMing Danny on Facebook, not even Instagram. Damn, that's on a red Facebook. flag. It's a red flag. It's how do you even get that message? Back. How do you even know how to get a message on Facebook? Right? I know. Seriously. Where does that even go? Yeah, it Where goes it go? into, there's, there's some weird folders in go? Facebook. Well, and Danny will also get like, just fire emojis from dudes who knew her from 10 years ago and she's competing like yeah like once every three years just like a fire emoji in the, in, in in the facebook, facebook messenger. messenger like where does it yeah. even go but i was like so she's reading me this conversation i'm like why are you even talking to this person like, i know <laughs> genuine curiosity she went to school with jeff and she starts asking me about religion and i just i went i went in it with her she but way in i feel i don't know i don't know what it is about me that even gets people to say that but i feel i'm like very intrigued by how people that. think it's that. And so I, it's just people a real... love talking about themselves. Yeah. So if you give them an opportunity, 
and you're genuinely interested, they're going to run with that. And this is another piece. This is another piece. I will say a lot of times I'm not interested. There are times that I'm not, but I don't like talking about myself or asking, answering questions. So I'm really good at flipping it around and like continuing to just, if I keep asking the question, I'm in control of the conversation. So I can just keep them talking, keep them talking. And it helps a lot of this experience when she was dating in LA. Oh, she wouldn't, she wouldn't say one word on the dates. And these guys would be like, this is the best date I've ever been on. <laughs> yes. She's like, I know because I, I just let you yeah. talk for the last three hours. So yeah. this, this just happened. One of my clients, um, we decided to try a new, like we're every single week. He does a, a live workshop and sells a course for $1,400. And he also has a $25,000 mastermind. So we decided two weeks ago to try something new. And instead of selling the course, we were going to get people on sales calls. So we didn't really have a sales team. And he called me. He's like, Hey, can you take a couple of sales call? I got this one call. The guy said, Hey, can you get him? He's like a fitness guy and he's on the West coast and you're on the West coast. I'm sure. I was on the phone with this guy for 55 minutes. And I hardly said a thing. I didn't even get to the sales. I just (laughs) asked him a couple, like, Hey, what did you think of the workshop? He told me so much. And then at the end he goes, Hey, we should do this again. We should have, we should talk again. I'm like, this is not, this what? is supposed wait, wait, to be whoa, a whoa, sales whoa. call. Whoa. And whoa. Said anything. Whoa. We should do this again. I'm like, um, Classic. how should we do this again? Classic. I'm literally texting Jeff downstairs. I'm like, this guy won't shut up. He just keeps talking, yeah. telling me, like, but I just, we'll do it. It again 100%. Week on the call. <laughs> it's called mastermind. Got you. Oh <laughs> my gosh. But I, I just, I let people I talk. It. I let I them so talk. I'm not surprised by that. No. Story and at all. yeah, 55 minutes. I well, screenshot so it. You, so do you ever get drained by that? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times I get drained, but usually I think I just get entertained by it. Yeah, I know. get, I entertained by people and Danny their Jay's stories. Highlights on our Instagram page. <laughs> There's a lot of entertainment. And I found, DMs. and you know, it was a long time. Like he took way too much of my time for sure, but I was very intrigued by his story yeah. and the things that he was telling me. Not that I was intrigued by him. Like I want to talk to him yeah, again, yeah, yeah. but just like, I feel like I could figure out why you're like this. There you go. So that's why there I kept listening. Cause I'm like, I think I, I understand you. Yeah. And I've, and like, I was kind of feeding this back. I'm like, yeah, I totally understand. Like you went through this mm-hmm. thing. It makes sense why you're fucked up. Cause you just had, you told me this story and they're like, yeah. And I feel like I could help people understand themselves because I think maybe just, I've done so much work on my own that I'm like, try this on for size, but it's fun yeah, for me. That's I, I think that's why it doesn't drain me because it's part of something that is fun for me most of that. the time. Not always though. I love that. That's so if we take it back to the conversation we had a little bit earlier about the, the, the course that I'm going through, there's four skills that they work on. And one of them that you're demonstrating is called empathic listening. And mm-hmm. the biggest part about empathic listening is asking for um, confirmation, which I never do. I'm like, yeah, hey, I got it. Let's go to the fucking next thing. And Danny's like, I got you. Well, you just said to me, I know why you're saying this. And people fucking love that. Absolutely. Right. One of the things that's like actually really hard for me is that because people come to me, and I know they come to you for the same thing to move them forward. Very few people are like, just listen to me. They're like, here's what's happening. What should I do? Move me forward. So like definitely working on that skill of like, let's just stay right here. It feels like let's just stay in the same fucking spot. Yeah. And it feels like it's not. Pro- it not literally pro- feels so pro- bad in my body. But to Danny's point, it can actually be incredibly helpful for people. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, actually probably better to answer your point about, you know, how can you help people and help them move, help them with things is everyone knows what they need to be doing, have the answers inside of them. Like, yeah. they just like, are like, I'm scared to do it or whatever. If you sit with somebody 
and you do that, they'll tell you the right thing at some point. But for me, I'm like, that's like going to take 55 minutes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So So let me just already tell you what I know about you. What's happening. They're like, no, 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 it can't be that. And I'm like, okay, well, this call is done. Well, it's interesting (laughs) to me that you took the course because for me, actually, I think one of my gifts is that I feel like I can relate to anyone, no matter what, if I disagree on a very, I mean, like on certain things, I feel like I can find something. And that's something I think I do really well is whether I start with questions, you know, it's like, where do you live? Where'd you grow up? What I, and I'll find something and I could take that thread and run with it. Totally. And so it's just something that I am good at, but on that point, it can take so long. And sometimes it, sometimes it backfires in the, where they're still not taking action. So there is like, there's pros and cons to it. Like, like the guy who did the sales call, he didn't, he didn't end up buying he just, but he had, he felt great. He felt really good at the end <laughs> I'm of the sure call. He did. I'm sure but, he felt amazing. You know, he didn't, uh, he didn't end up taking an action moving forward on the next step. So I'm like, I'm sure it's, he did. So there's, I, think, uh, I bet a lot of people listening to this, cause you have a lot of female audience can relate to what you're saying. Like women tend to be really good at that, at just sitting and listening and taking on everyone else's shit. Mm-hmm. But circling back to that program that, that James Olivia runs, like there's four skills and one of the skills is called congruence, which is basically like bringing yourself to the conversation and bringing yourself to the relationship. And oftentimes women will be really good at empathy and empathic listening at the expense of themselves mm. and not what they, they can't say what they want. They're not going after what they want because they're like, I'm going to help this person. This person will feel really good. I'm going to listen. I can hold space for them, whatever that means. And then you leave the conversation being like, well, that fucking like, great. That was great for them, but I still didn't get what I want. And I'm kind of salty, you know, after some, you know, typically after years uh, feeling that that way. So, you know, with me, I'm like, I am hundred percent congruence. I will say what I want when I want go after it. But the other side of that, that empathy, that empathic listening largely is, is, is tough. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. Yeah. Um, and so now I sort of want to hear from you, how you manage your energy when you have a lot of people pulling at your energy. I mean, I know you sent out your open rates on your, on your marketing emails, like 50% or higher people have hundreds of people responding to those emails all the time, you know, because they just feel so close to you. They want to just show you that they're doing the thing because they know that that's your charge. How do you manage your energy? And do you, you know, do you have moments where you're just like, yo, I got to leave someone on red because I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like Danny said at first, like, yeah, it gets draining. Part of it is definitely fulfilling. I don't want to say it's necessarily recharging, but it will be fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're like, yeah, I helped. I can help that person. I helped that person. And, you know, when someone's done the thing on the other side of it and they're like, I left my job. I did this thing. I did this other thing. I did this other thing. I'm going. Then that's definitely recharging. But we're in the beginning where it's like, I did this first step of something. That's awesome. But it's definitely not going to be like a recharging kind of message for me. So uh, there's definitely moments where I'm just like, I can't reshare that picture of a green Jeep. I seen it. Thank you for tagging me in it, but I don't have the brain power right now to come up with a story. And I will just maybe message you later about that. Um, a big thing for me with everything is where I live. Like I think of all the things you can control that you have to control, it's where you live. Cause it's where you spend all your time and has this huge, huge, huge impact on me. Like I moved across the country because New York city, well, one, I got mugged there right before I moved, but I was supposed to move before. But I was like, I'm not happy here. Like I'm viscerally 
upset. I don't do well with bad weather. I don't do well with the snow. If you've ever been in New York City, one of the things like I worked in Manhattan, I worked in the financial district. The buildings are really tall. So you really only get sun mm -hmm. in the middle of the day when it's direct sun's directly overhead because the buildings are so, so tall. And if you don't have lunch, then, well, then you didn't get sun that day. And I was like, this is this is not my best life. So I moved across the country to be in a place where I felt I mean, I always wanted to have a Jeep and live by the beach and have a surfboard. I don't even know if I can go in the water. But I was like, I would like a surfboard out of the back of my Jeep. Why? Because it looked cool. I got those things and I can truly say it's my best life. And that is so recharging for me. So I know that if a lot is going on, I can go to the beach. I probably still won't go in the water, but I just will go to the beach. I can go outside and look at a palm tree. I can go and play volleyball and do these things that are inherently for me, incredibly, incredibly recharging. Um, and I recently signed up for some, some volleyball tournaments. I am absolutely somebody who is motivated by competition, who places a lot of value on competition and like kind of seeing what I stack up based on competition. So doing those things outside of business, because, you know, when this thing is draining, I have something that will literally always recharge me, which is where I live and, and talking to you. I love that you said that about where you live because I just did an episode on getting out of a funk and I said environment was one Huge, of those things. Man. Like it can just make such a difference. Like when Jill said she lived in the cave, I know, you know, I've yeah. lived in some places that were just the lighting feels gross. You're just not feeling energized or creative or anything. And it just makes you, it's just, you're not, it's not your best. It is. And then what you said too, about the messages being energizing and back to, you have to like what you're doing. You got to love what you're yeah. doing. So if you're getting those kind of messages and you're like, fuck these people, maybe working <laughs> with it. people is not for you, <laughs> right? Like you shouldn't be people. <laughs> right? Like if you hate it's kids, true, you probably shouldn't be a kindergarten teacher. It's true. You and, it. and I think, I think we have to, <laughs> I think we have to realize like you, if you're in this kind of business, if you're coaching, you got to like people. I only really get drained when it's like the same person oh, yeah. messaging about the same thing. You, you gave them oh. a, like, you're like, I gave the best advice. This was so good. I gave great advice to them and they come back and they're asking the same thing year after year, or they're like, oh. I'm going to sign up for your program. And you look and you type in their name and you see, they've been messaging you since 2013. Oh, That's man. when I'm like, I'm done. I'm not responding anymore, yeah, but I love helping people. And when they're messaging and they're yeah. like, Hey, whatever you said helped me, or I made a change because of something you said or did or a program that feels really good. That's so awesome. I, I'm not drained by that kind of stuff totally. because I'm like, this is why I do what I do. In fact, I need, uh, like what the love language, like words of affirmation. What I live for. Yeah. Those emails and the responses are what I really do things for. If I'm not yep. getting responses that I'm like, I exactly. suck at life. I must be <laughs> shitty. I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing. I should just go get a job at Starbucks. It's like, I need it. I need it. Sure. So, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I'm I, right I don't you. know. I, I like enjoy that kind of stuff. I only get drained by the people who just don't make change complete because still whine. And it's like years and years and years of the same shit over and over. And you're it's like, not the best life. Cool. Stop. Just stop. Not the best life at all. But yeah, the environment's great. Like I really, I really am with that. Uh, you know, we had, um, Jeff has this business in Wyoming and I tell Joel this all the time. I'm like, I can't stand it whenever I'm there. It's such a drain. It's cold. It feels just Blah. there's not good restaurants. There's nothing. And I try to make the best of it. I'm not trying to be like yeah. a bitch or whining, but I'm like, when I'm there, it's just it's real. It's not, it a, is real. That's one of the biggest the things that I think people 
will look to me in some way or talk to me about is that they're trying to figure out how to move somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. It's like a big deal, but like, I'm also like, but also it's not because you could just fucking move you back. Can move back. Mm-hmm. Like go back and do this thing. But I think a lot of people don't have that possibility mindset though. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people stay where they grew up because they just, that's their entire family stayed there. Yeah. I always feel really lucky that my dad moved he was he's one of seven and he was the only one of his siblings that ever left boston and i always i look at that and i feel so grateful because now he has four children and we're all over the country yeah you know but i still look at my family and everyone's still in boston and boston's a great city right but i feel like it definitely is fucking it's definitely cold and it definitely snows there and whatever but there's a different energy there and it's not mm-hmm. that you have to live on the west coast you have to live or you know a certain place but I do feel like we have that possibility mindset, like, oh, for shouldn't sure. I move to somewhere else? Because I could, Boston not going anywhere, go you back. know, like you can always go back so there. And I feel like back. a lot of people don't have that. Everything feels really final. Everything feels really like, you know, um, I guess final. And, yeah. and, and it's interesting. Cause just kind of like, you just want to ask them like, Danny, go find these people and ask them why have a 55 minute talk and be like, yeah. why does it feel so final to you? I'd love like, those are the, cause I do get interested yes. about things like that. To you be think like, it's entrepreneurship though. Like, I think that's it. You know, Danny, you know, she was nomadic for what, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, you know, like you were living in all different places and you were traveling so much and whatever. I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility for someone who's an entrepreneur, but maybe for someone who's, I mean, and you know, you get into having kids and stuff, you have to live yeah, where the kids hard. go to school and you want to take them out of school and whatever. Um, you know, if you obviously go to a physical job, that's where you yep. have to live, but there's other ways that you can create joy. I mean, you know, vacations, like you just, yep. you know, other places you can have an Airbnb once, I don't know, a month of the year, go to a different place. But, you know, I do, I have asked these people why, you know, I do yeah. like in the DMS and sometimes on my stories, I remember when I started going nomadic, when I did on my story, I was like, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? And the reason I asked it, because I was asking myself the question I was in LA, um, due to circumstance, really, like I hadn't decided I had wanted to move to LA, but it wasn't like I'd always wanted to go there and my dogs died and I had, I wasn't married anymore. So I'm like, I could go anywhere I want, where would I go? And so I, I asked like the community and everyone's like Hawaii or like they're naming these places. So then I'm like, well, why wouldn't you go there? Yeah. And so many people, their first answer is, well, I have kids. But when I lived in an RV, we were traveling around, going to different places. There were families who homeschooled their kids, lived in the RV, like had their kids in the RV and traveled with them. So even kids is not a a real like reason, but I think a lot of people do have this like very, um, just the mindset isn't open to new possibilities. It's like our parents grew up this way. We had a job and we, you know, stayed in the job for 30, 40 years and we retired and we stayed in this home. And so it's almost like this just stuck mentality, not realizing that things can be different. You can pick up your kids and move them across country. You can live in a RV and travel with them. They don't even have to live in a house. Like they don't even have to live in a house or have a yard. Yeah, it is. It is back to all made up. It is all made up. up. You can do, you know, as much as I, so the book that, that really opened my eyes, that was the four hour work week, right? Like mm. I didn't do any of the drills in it. I think that Tim Ferriss is kind of like, I felt some kind of way that he like seemingly cheated his way through like Taekwondo or whatever the fuck the thing was. <laughs> and I was like, you just cheated to like skirt this rule and win. Like what? Well, that's bad. But like the rest of it, what your general point is, sir, makes sense. He basically said in that book, you don't have to wait to be happy. And I was like, oh, cause yeah. I thought literally I got, that was to me. I was like, 
you have to wait to be happy. You have to work now and like kind of maybe if you hate your job, but you kind of mostly like it, it's fine. You're going to live in this place because you're going to be happy later. And that book was mm-hmm. like, you could just like be happy now if you want. And I was like, well, shit, I'm going to do that then because I don't yeah. want to wait if I don't have to wait. I think that it's interesting, like, because if you ask those people, though, because there's nothing, nothing wrong with staying in the place where you're born oh. and like living, like that's what you want to do, like amazing. Sure. Good for you. But like, it pains me if you ask someone like, are you happy though? And then they're like, well, I can make the most of it. And I'm like, but are you happy? Yeah. Like if you're not change it. And I'm not saying that it's going to change right now, but you can take the smallest steps. Time compounds everything, any kind of effort, whether you're putting money away, you're taking exercising, doesn't matter what, what it is. You can start doing something. It took me three years basically to move across to move to California. I'm like you could like start doing that now if you're not mm. happy you can still be working mm. towards your happiness instead of just being like well okay so it's a really interesting that part for me is really really interesting and I think you know tying back to what we said earlier for me I try to put out content and show up in a way such that people their unhappiness might outweigh their fear and then they'll take action mm-hmm. like and that takes time but it also takes like People showing you what's possible, people showing yeah. that they did it and they didn't die, people showing you some steps. You know, Jill's like the queen of like, here's an acronym and here's the steps and do these things. And I'm like, just go do it. She's like, Jill's like, that's not helpful. And I'm like, okay, but then you've come up with the system. <laughs> I can't do that. It's not how my brain works. But like people seeing that. Yeah. And eventually they're like, you know what? I hate this more, or I'm, you know, sad, unhappy with it yeah. more than I'm scared of it, scared of the whatever it might be. So I'm going to start taking steps. I think that's one of the things that is um, really different about you and is a gift for people as you embody that lifestyle. You know, you show yourself with the Jeep at the beach playing volleyball. You obviously show yourself like working hard and doing all of those things too, but you also show a very curated lifestyle, you know, yeah. and I think that that, so while yeah. maybe it's not like, take this step, take this step, take this step. And it's all like in a very like systematic way, you embody that just by being. And I think- I don't know. I think I've definitely been a little bit scared of that. We've kind of talked about, yeah, this we've definitely talked about episodes, this, but like, you know, sharing my success. Is Understandably like, so like, so. you know, part of the reason that people don't do things is because of the society you live in, right? We live in a yeah. hugely punitive society and it's not just like litigious punitive where like definitely every, so from a social media perspective, the number one question I get from PTs is like, uh, do I need like insurance to like make a post? And I'm like, what? what do you mean? <laughs> so they're like, is someone going to like sue me? And I'm like, what? Okay, like yeah. it's a valid concern. I get it because of the society that we live in. But if we take the the legal side out of it, we still live in a hugely punitive society where people will shun you, make fun of you, mm-hmm. you know, you lose your friends and things like that. And it's really hard to be, you know, and Dylan and I talk about this, and I'm like, yeah, if I looked like you, I would be hesitant to say things as well. Like mm-hmm. it's there's punishment for saying things like that. Yeah. And even if you're like, well, I don't really care about it, it's still fucking annoying. Like, I don't get that thing. No one's like, oh, who do you think you are? They're like, oh, you're a maestro. It's a completely, mm-hmm. it's received in a completely different way. So like, while I have my own like things to deal with because of how I look and how, you know, how I present myself, I also don't have that to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I can show up in that way. And for me, that's like, you know, when I'm walking outside sometimes in the middle of the day, because sometimes I do get guilty, feel guilty about my success. And that, and for me, success is largely time freedom. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes in the middle of the day, I'm like, man, I feel bad that like other people can't do this who maybe want it. But I also know that sitting in that is not going to move anything forward. And so I'm like, what can I do? And for me, it's so much of it is like, I have to just keep showing up the way that I am. 
to show people like, hey, if you want to do this, it's possible. And if you want help, I can help you. I know Danny J will listen for hours and help you. Jill will help you. But, you know, the guilt sets in. Here's what I can actually do about it. Yeah. And then also, like, I can show up like that because there isn't that fear of punishment on the other side. Well, I like earlier you said a lot of times people will borrow uh, like borrow other people's idea of success. And so I like that you show your success as time freedom. Cause we're also in this culture where yeah. like the Ty Lopez showing the Lamborghini, showing the travel, like this, these entrepreneurs heard like the lifestyle entrepreneurs and just totally. the house in Newport beach and a boat and all of these things. And that's not necessarily what everybody wants, but a lot of times we think that's what we're trying yeah, for, or we everywhere. want the seven figure business because it sounds really great. But then we're like, do I actually want a seven figure business? Like, what does that take to have the seven figure business? That. Could I live just wonderfully on $250,000 a year that. in Kansas? Like I'm a millionaire there. Right. That. So right I think, there. I think we do need to also like, I love how you show up because your Jeep isn't a Lamborghini. No. Like, you, you know, like By you no live means. an amazing lifestyle, <laughs> but it's also your lifestyle, your definition of success, not like the definition of success in lifestyle. Totally. And so we can have amazing life, but we need to decide like, what does that look like for that, us? That is so important. Mm-hmm. So, so, so important. I think for some women, again, that's a large part of your demographic that's listening. They were never given time to think about that. They were never yeah. asked that question. And so like now you're 30 in your thirties and your forties and someone's like, what do you want? And they're like, what? Me? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and then or like, you want, <laughs> or you, yeah. Or you have an answer. And it's just like, I remember this, um, maybe high school when, when there's people are starting to ask, what are you going to do when you get out of, out of high school? You're like, I'm going to go to college. And you start ha- having an answer because like, you need to have an mm-hmm, answer. Mm-hmm, They're expecting mm-hmm. you. What are you going to get a, uh, what are you going to major in? I remember having just mm-hmm. an answer and it wasn't necessarily what I really wanted, yeah. but I felt like I needed to have the totally. response. Danny, totally. So we do that for so long. And some, totally. sometimes we either start to believe it, or we're just saying it because we don't have an answer. Cause we haven't sat there and thought about what do we really want? What totally, do we want to do? Danny. And totally. so it just comes, it comes down to really going, what do I want? Totally. And, what does the best life look like to me? Totally. This is doesn't... why people talk to you for 55 minutes because you allow them to actually say it. Yeah. And yeah. they feel safe. They're not like, if I say this, Danny's going to judge me. Danny's yeah. going to say something. They're like, Danny's so nice. I could say, that. I never tell this to nobody. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I've never told this to anyone in my entire life. Like, what <laughs> should you be telling me about? <laughs> we just met two minutes ago and you've had a lot to drink. I had this a bartender, Jill knows this, but in Cheyenne, in Wyoming, um, we met this bartender. <laughs> we became friends, met her twice, and she wants me to be in her wedding. Shut up. I'm like, we're not even, I don't. That, but it makes yeah. so much sense, Danny, because I know you've talked to so many people. And let's be honest, okay, let's not even get into the Uber driver situation. <laughs> <laughs> Danny like, like literally helped like five or Uber drivers like start their businesses. Like I'm zero percent surprised. Zero percent Hildreth. Anytime I got someone yeah. having a bad day, I just think Hildreth, and I laugh. <laughs> yeah, one day I'll tell the Hildreth story on the I podcast. Think, I just think, uh, I just think Hildreth. Like you nailed it. Why people feel comfortable, why people want to talk to you because of all of this. And like, let's be honest, most people are not that they're kind of shitty. And so there's people being surrounded by shitty people. And so 
any kind of glimmer of anything they have in them gets put out. At, I'm thinking about one of my close friends right now and I watched it happen to her and I'm so like defensive and protective of her and the town she lives in and the people just like she starts, she works, she likes to work because she loves what she fucking does, right? Mm-hmm. One of the problems I have with the four hour work week as an aside is that I realized afterwards that like if you love the thing you're doing, you probably shouldn't try to work four hours on it. So maybe you need to do something else. But I digress. She started, she's working a lot and instead of them cheering her on, punitive society, they cut her down and they're like, oh, you fucking workaholic. Like, how's your husband feel about that? Like all this shit, mm. they just throw it at her. Right. So like, you have these women that for forever and even till now, like even if they have the little bit of confidence to say something, it's like fucking squashed and like put down immediately. So to have, you know, Danny come in like Danny. And so like we we're talking earlier, the uh, the hero's journey, if we're going to keep in line with that. I believe that if you're really trying to coach someone, you need to be, so we're going to stick with uh, Lord of the Rings because it's this easiest story. If you're going to be, have you ever seen that, Jill? Yeah, love it. Oh, okay. I read it. I read okay, that's right, that's right. I'm like, wait, Jill doesn't watch any TV, but she's seen that, all right. Big fantasy fan. I like this. So, you know, if you're going to think about yourself as, you know, going to be a coach, you don't, I mean, we're going to be marketing and things like that. You don't want to be Frodo. You actually want to be Samwise. Like people tend to think that they're like, ah, oh, I'm going to be Gandalf. Like, and that's like cool too. Like, you know, more than the person, but like your role is largely to be Sam and help this person, your customer get where they're trying to go. They know where they're trying to go. You can help them out. You give them a fucking map, like lift them up, things like that. It's not about putting yourself in this, this role. And I think Dan, something that Danny does so well is that you are an incredible Sam Wise that you're like, I will listen. I will support you. I will hold up the mirror. I'm not trying to move this forward faster than like you are ready to go. And that is for so many people, so fucking inspiring and just so, so, um, makes them feel so safe. And then they were actually willing to talk and say things. Yeah. And they're actually willing to probably take more action. Totally. They, they feel like it's they safe feel like, they're like I can do it. Yeah. They're like, well, Danny thinks I could do it. Maestro well, thinks I could do it. Lending them your confidence. Yeah. It's huge. It is. It's so good. Well, I think I'm just so excited to have this conversation because I feel like this was something that I think a lot of people need to hear. Mm. Um, and it just reminds us of like, you know, that we're all trying our best. We all For have sure. goals and those the pathway to those goals can look different depending on who you are, your circumstances, where you're at. And then, you know, at the end of the day, are you willing to change something about your situation? Even if you're not changing your actual like action steps, but can you change your mindset around it? Maybe we need to have more acceptance. Maybe we need to slow our role. Maybe we need to show ourselves more kindness, like a lot of those things. So if you can't immediately move to Redondo Beach, then how can you start to get right with where you currently are so that you can eventually make that move or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So it's such a good reminder. I love it. And then just remember it's all made up. It is. Fuck man. It's literally, literally, except for like stoplights. Those aren't made up. So follow those. (laughs) Like I gotta say, cause some people be bad driving out there. That's not made up. Except for stoplights <laughs> and real. raccoons and fucking raccoons. Those, those are definitely real. Well, thank you so much for joining us, y'all. Yes, if you are thank not you for joining connected us. With the maestro, please follow her on social media at the Movement Maestro. Listen to her; she's maestro on the mic on her podcast, and you're almost at a million downloads. Yeah, we're close. getting close. We're getting nice. close. We're almost we're closing in at like nine hundred thousand. That's amazing. And she's also publishing twice a week. Uh, so make sure you guys are connected with her, and make sure you start blowing up her dms with showing her all the action that you're taking love it there we go let's get her over the million hump all right y'all we'll see you on the next episode all right bye guys bye